Hello, my name's Chris Paul and I am the CEO and founder of Man on Inverclyde, a mental health charity based in Greenock in the west of Scotland. And we're bringing you this message today to raise awareness of mental health and raise awareness of our charity and how we can maybe support you, your friends or your loved ones if you need it. Now, we started off as a suicide prevention charity and we're continuing that mission. We want to break the stigma attached to mental health. We want to break the stigma attached to men's mental health and I know that a lot of men will be listening to this podcast so please get in touch with us via Man on Inverclyde on social media and um, you'll find us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. If you're not on social media and you want to get in touch with us via email just type in support at manoninverclyde.com our landline here is 01475-910258. So yeah, get in touch with us if you're struggling with your own mental health or you're concerned about a friend or a family member. One of our staff members are volunteers here to support you. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to the Gallant Few Rangers podcast. My name is Mason Stewart and I'll be your host this evening. And finally, after 65 games, the season has come to an end and ended on a happy note. It's been a roller coaster. And tonight with me, we've got a top lineup, uh, as always. And first of all, the main man, Colin. How are we, mate? I'm good, Mason. I'm good, Mason. Thanks for having me as um, one of your, your line-up tonight. Good to be on. Feels weird saying it's Colin, Colin on air, normally the other way around, isn't it? Uh, I, know, I almost forgot what to say there because usually, <laughs> uh, usually I just kind of keep it rolling when I'm not listening to somebody I'll just go, oh, Davey, what do you think of that? Uh, and by my, so I need to be paying attention tonight. I've come to you just testing it straight away, that's what it was. Uh, next up, we've got Steve. How are you, Steve? Yeah, um, good. Uh, I have to say I'm pretty chuffed at the end of the season there. It seemed like the last sort of two weeks has been a total whirlwind and um, 120 minutes of football just about every game for the last month, it felt like. So, happy to get a rest and, uh, yeah, good to be back on. Good stuff. Good stuff. Definitely looking forward to this little break. Uh, next up, we've got, we've got Davey P. How are you, Davey? Smashing, guys. Good to see all your happy faces. Yeah, it's lots to talk about here. Eh? There's uh, things to go over. Good and bad, but hey ho. Mm. <laughs> and lastly, no means least, uh, Davy Tomlinson. Davy, how's things? Yeah, great. Bit, bit of two minds about whether it was a good season or a bad season. I mean, you really want to to win the league, don't you? And I, I don't think Celtic won it. I think we threw it away. So that's uh, the sort of a down bit of it. Uh, obviously, you're happy with the, the the Scottish Cup, but I think if we're all honest, we would have. Uh, changed that for the European League um, so a wee bit mixed feelings obviously it's great the Scottish getting the Scottish Cup but I would, I, the other two prizes would have pleased me more to be honest No, yeah that, that European one's gonna it's gonna be tough to sort of get over that innit but we'll, we'll, we'll start with that because uh, last week was, was a hectic week for us all um, I'll, I'll start with Colin because we spent most of the day together in Seville last, last Wednesday and had Except from the game, we had an absolute uh, brilliant day. Colin, are you obviously you had the long travel home as well? As the, you know, has it been since since getting back? 
Um, I've just recovered for that 21 and a half hour journey door to door. Um, the the worst it was, I don't know if I mentioned this to you, is um, I, I had to get from Seville to Madrid for my afternoon flight. And the only, all the trains and buses booked out. So I booked the Blabla app, which is basically carpooling. And so fair play to Pablo, who charged me €22 Euro to drive me and two other Spaniards to Madrid. Not one of them had one bit of English on them. I have no Spanish. Uh, that was fucking brutal. Six hours in the car and the sweltering heat as well. No aircon in the car. But no, um, no, it was a great day all. And thanks for the hospitality, Mason. I can't wait to join your family for Christmas dinner this year. The dad invited me. Um, it really was just a great day all in, in Seville. And to, uh, up until the game, because regardless of the result, nobody was really enjoying the game because it's the nerves were high. But up until... We set foot in the stadium. It was an amazing day all in. Yeah, it really was. And to be fair, the most people I spoke to throughout the, throughout the days in Seville, I think you had the worst journey, sort of longest anyway out of them all. So fair play. But we did have such a good day. And, you know, to see sort of, range, you know, the, the fan base out there was incredible. Steve, you was there as well. Um, how was your, you know, time in Seville? I know the result didn't go away, but all in all, how did you find it? Oh, tremendous! Obviously, met up with yourself and Colin and your uh, brother and your dad. Um, yep, pretty much agree with what you said. Even I mean, I had quite a long journey there, but even the journey, it was just the anticipation of being there, getting into Seville. You know, the day before it was superb, and uh, watched it in the fan zone. And I have to say, pretty much as the game kicked off, it like the nerves were just incredible. Um, and yeah, I mean, overall brilliant. I can just imagine what it must be like to see your team winning in the European final because I had a superb time anyway. Um, and obviously the result never went our way, but overall, probably once in a lifetime and yeah, just superb. Yeah, we we said that in 2008, once in a lifetime. So let's hope, let's hope we've, you know, we've seen it, we're saying it again, we're going to see it, we're going to see another one. Davey P, how, how did you... you, you we, I think you was a little bit further out than us at Interville, but how did you find your time out there? We had a fantastic time. It all went uh, tickety-boo. And, you know, as, as you guys have said, you know, the we set out on the Monday. We didn't arrive in Seville until the Tuesday after a six-hour drive from Alicante. But uh, we got to the digs, you know, we got in there, uh, seven of us, which on the Wednesday night became 13 you know, as we were taking in the strays and the waves from <laughs> all over the place. But, you know, we had a great time. And, and you said, my, my, I on the match day, I only had two beers the whole day, two beers in the afternoon, because I had the six-hour drive the following day. So I wanted to stay uh, kind of at least legal for that. So but in the stadium, you know, my my was just clear that the, the place was just so nervous. It was nerves in it, and me included, you know, it was the... Because I know there's been comments about, you know, the performance of the Rangers fans. I think it was just mass anxiety, you know, amongst the Rangers fans. We were just, the first half <clears throat> didn't go as well as we could, but but we had a fantastic time. And then it was straight back the following day. We stayed in uh, Manchester on the Thursday night and then it was a drive back up the road on Friday. So it was a long haul, but uh, well worth it. Fan- absolutely fantastic. I mean, I'm hoping you younger guys will see Rangers in at least another couple of finals. If I get another one in, I'll be delighted. 
Yeah, he is open. Um, and last, David, David Tomlinson, I think, to be honest, thinking about it, you watched it from home, but um, I think when that ball kicked off, as, as good as the atmosphere was, it was just would have been nice just to concentrate just fully on the game because it was everyone around was making me more nervous. How, how did you find it sort of watching it indoors, uh, that you know magnitude of that game? Yeah, well, I, I I didn't have any distractions, so I could I could follow it. I've I've not even got my wife at home at the moment, so uh, I was totally on my own. Uh, which I mean, I was I thought I'd go into the pub for a while and just pub I go to that's that's quite Rangers friendly, and uh, but I, I decided against that because uh, I would probably be the only Rangers supporter there, and uh, and uh, yeah, I just wasn't up to 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 doing that, and I would have to drive so. Uh, I couldn't have a drink, but um, no, it was it was, it was great. The 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 uh, yeah, you were just the whole day, just sort of a, a, a nervous wreck, trying to do things that you were you you, you don't normally do, like putting sugar into the fridge and <laughs> things like that, and thinking where where uh, walked into the house to to pick something up, and then you walk back and you think, what was I doing there actually? So things like that, it's just all crazy. And uh, but uh, was yeah, that in the game or just old age, Davy? <laughs> yeah, well, I do I do the things normally anyway, but <laughs> that's, that's uh, it, it was sort of a worse. But um, no, I, was, uh, I really think I think Frankfurt were made possible of uh, Eintracht. Yeah, Frankfurt were, were possibly better over the whole thing. But uh, the chances we had, we should have we should have really won it. Really, I think quite fo- the, the the football. They were a bit more technical than us, but I mean Ryan Kent had two great chances. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, trying to think on my feet now. Um, but I mean they should they should have been in. No, Aribo scored. Uh, yeah, the penalties. I don't think you can say much about the the, the penalties from them were were perfect. And the only thing I'll say is why Aaron Ramsey was brought on to take penalties. I'll never know. It's never worked. Never ever worked that bringing MD on for a penalty. I've I've seen many teams doing it, and they all seem to be the person that that comes on seems to be the person that fails. So that's it. That's uh, unfortunate, but we go on, go for another year, and uh, make it the Champions League next year. Yeah, yeah, let's hope so. I think I think yeah, you know, we'll, we'll come into penalties in a minute, but. Uh, David P made a really good point about how nervous the support was, and you've heard stories about you know the, the supporters at the game uh, not having enough water, and um, you know some fans have said they weren't loud enough and things like that. Colin, we, we, you can talk about the support, and we felt how, we said how nervous we was as soon as we walked to go and watch it on, on the screens, and 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 you know you could feel the nerves building. Do you think that you know the players played with a little bit of nerves? Do you think there was a little bit? You know, something stopping them from from really going at it uh, in their performance. Um, I think I think there was maybe a bit of nerves in the first half. Um, but I, I thought, yeah, I, I don't really know. I don't know if I would put it down in nerves. Maybe the first half, I. But I just think it things didn't click for us fully on the night, and that might be a combination. Uh, we've seen how well the fans and the team feed off each other at Ibrox. Um, uh, Dortmund, Leipzig, um, Braga, like just a few recent examples. Um, maybe that mixed in with the, the heat and the occasion. And I'm, but I'm kind of inclined to agree with David Thomason. I think 
try and fit well slightly the better team. And but when I say that, there wasn't much in it at all. I'm talking a ball here because we went to penalties after all, and I don't think I don't think it would have been unfair if we if we took your trophy home. Um, but I think um, Rangers. I think it wasn't for wanting to try, and I, I thought a lot of players did really. I, I can't really fault MD's effort, but I think it was just one of those nights that didn't fully, didn't fully um, come off for us. Um, the things we were trying, and I think you know, a rebel playing as a striker. I know he got the goal as well, but I think there's probably only there's only so many times you can pull that card, um, especially against a, a team of calibre, Frankfurt, who have put Barcelona undefeated in the tournament. Um, we've not been beat off any mugs, but we gave them a run for the money. That's the thing, that they went through the tournament unbeaten and we took them 120 minutes uh, without a striker. So, the, the frustration for me is, you know, I know it's been said a million times, but if we had a fit Morelos or even a fit, fit Roof, it completely changes the dynamic and that's going to be the frustration now Um until we get there again and have that opportunity, I think. Steve, did you do you think that Gio got it right on the night? Was there anything you would have liked to see us do differently? I know Davey mentioned, you know, bringing Ramsey and Roof on late both to take penalties. England done similar in the summer, bringing on the two boys off the bench and they both missed. Maybe it was something to, you know, learn from from that. But, you know, all in all, how did you think Gio uh, set us up? I don't think I would have changed anything for the starting lineup. It, it... Uh, became apparent that Roof was uh, clearly wasn't fit. Um, same with Ramsey. I think the thing that really cost us. Uh, well, I was saying in the lead up to the game that I think Ibrox was massive for us in that European run, and it was the one thing that was sort of worrying me in the way up to the game. I was still saying it was a fifty-fifty game, but um, yeah, just. I think we've been bringing teams back to Ibrox one goal behind and, and we've known that we had that atmosphere behind us and it was going to get us going. I don't think we can fault the players for effort. I thought I thought they left everything on the pitch, but for whatever reason, it just never really came off on the night. I think if Roof had been... Well, you just have to look what happened in the Scottish Cup finally, never come on the park. So that, to me, um, says a lot about how, how fit he actually was. Uh, yep, I totally agree with the bringing players on for just to take penalties because I think it puts too much pressure on the players because it's, it is literally saying to them, your only job in this two hours of football is to take a penalty and they've got nothing to fall back on. Say like uh, somebody else misses a penalty but they can say, well, you know, I had a good game, I stopped this cross, I, I set this chance, I scored this goal. Whereas the guys that come on for the penalties you miss your penalty and you have had one task and you failed it. I do think if we had a fit striker, especially Morelos, I, I think we would have won that final. Um, but just a, an interesting one, when, when I got back to my hotel after the game, there were some Frankfurt fans there and we were chatting about um, the game and um, I was saying to them, who did they think was Rangers' best player? And they all said, Tav. And I was like, oh, I'm sort of shocked at that because most Rangers the fans that I spoke to thought he had quite a quiet game. But they said that their, their left winger, uh, as I think it's Kostic, they said he has been causing every team massive problems during the, the competition. And they says they've never seen anybody keep him as quiet as Tav did. So it just shows from a dis- different perspective that we thought Tav was sort of poor. Or not poor, but, you know, 
certainly never gave us much going forward, whereas their fans thought he was actually had a really good right-back performance. Um, yes, I suppose that's my thoughts on it, really. Uh, nothing else to add. Now that's interesting that because I, I, I'll be honest, I thought I thought Tav, um, I thought Tav had a, a really you know quiet game all in all. Um, but Kostic, as they said, Kostic is a top top player. Um, we did we did actually manage to keep him fairly quiet, except from the, the cross where they equalise, um, and a Kamada as well. I thought we kept him really quiet. He was another. So we we, we done well. I think I agree. I think Gio got his spot on. To be fair, there wouldn't there weren't much I would have changed. Um, just you know take our chances. We win it. Can I just say there was just a, uh, a Dutch uh, pundit on last week and he said uh, about the game, he says, it was a funny game, he said, normally you've got a team that plays in blue and a, they pass to a team that play, and the players that play in blue, he says, and you've got players that play in white, he says, and they pass to the players, he says, but this was a game where the players in blue pass to the players in white and the players in white pass to the players in blue. And I thought that away a lot, quite a lot as well. There was a, a really a lot of misplaced passes. Norm, more is normal. It was quite funny. That's the way the sort of a Dutch we're looking at it. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think that's fair. I think both teams at times didn't keep the ball uh, well enough. We see Goldson trying that switch and it didn't come off once, I don't think. And then he does it uh, Saturday first time and it comes off straight away. So... You know, that just sort of sums up uh, the night and a whole. Uh, Davey P, what, what was your sort of, we'll finish up on on this now, what was your, uh, your thought on the whole sort of performance? Well, I think the Tav had his hands full with the boy on the right-hand side, Kostic. You could see that from early, you know, from five, ten minutes. You could see he had a couple of bursts. I think he had quite a few in the first half. And, uh, you know, you could see that uh, this boy was a threat. So Tav, I think, possibly was concentrating on, on that rather than, you know, the, the getting forward thing that he offers to us and and has throughout the, the, the campaign. But I thought that Rangers, as the game progressed, we became a bit more in control, you know, and, and, and that kind of continued gradually all the way to the end where, you know, we had the chances to win it at the death. But uh, I, I would say it would have been a 50-50 split. I was quite anxious in the first, I mean, I was anxious at the kickoff, but that uh, took a couple of notches up when, when the game actually kicked off and they were coming at us, not you know particularly Kostic coming down the right, he was uh, you could see this boy's got got goals in him. He is a serious danger to us. So, but as we got to half time into the second half, we get the goal, and even then I would probably say I didn't relax too much because I'm looking at the clock. There's there's half an hour to go, plus whatever stoppage time, and I'm thinking, are we going to survive this? Because this is going to be like the Alamo. Uh, and I wasn't confident at that point that we were going to be able to hold them out for that time. As it turns out, it only took about eight or nine minutes to, to get to us. But and after that, it was kind of even contest in the extra time. I thought we uh, to play in those conditions. I think we uh, did remarkably well. Uh, and the game at the kickoff, I thought had a kind of feel about you know it's a, it was a neutral venue, but it had the feeling of all. And perhaps it's inevitable that that was the case. That this was an, an away match for us, you know. It wasn't like a neutral venue. We seemed to be kind of riding our luck, particularly in the first half. So, but obviously, the penalty shootout was just a lottery. I don't know. I sat there, stood there, and and, and watched it all unfold. You know, I was kind of at the corner flag, which was on the left hand side. I wasn't particularly impressed with this. 
Ramon Sanchez Pizuan. It was a, a bit of a cope, to be honest. But the the penalty shootout, and and I think I was in a trance on the way home, to be honest. It was just things churning over in your head. What could have been? What what we should have done? What we could have done? Blah blah blah. But none of it matters a jot. We we had a cracking go at it, you know. And if you'd have told me when we had been beaten by Malmo last last year that we would go all the way to the final, I had carted off to the funny farm. Yeah, no, I think the heat can't be sort of understated. It was it was ridiculous. Um, I think that was, and and I think actually going into extra time, we we looked the stronger side. So it just says about this this team's uh, fitness levels. Um, I will say one more thing on Seville, Davy Tomlinson. Um, hundred over a hundred thousand um, is is around the number they they said that Rangers fans were in Seville, and not one arrest. Um, just you know that just I think we, we've got to mention it because. If it was the other way, um, we were near the end of it. It's just incredible, isn't it? Absolutely incredible. The fans have been brilliant. The whole through the whole of Europe, the fans have been absolutely great. And I'm going to say there's one thing that totally totally disappointed me was the fact that Rangers didn't open Ibrox for uh, for the, the, the to let the fans watch the game there. I was in uh, in Holland today, and Hengo, I don't live in Holland. I live in Germany, but it's on the border. And I was in Holland today, and I seen all guys flying our shirts, loading up their their shirts. Well, obviously they weren't going to be travelling to Almenia today, so they were obviously going to the Feyenoord Stadium to watch the game. So uh, that that really disappointed me. I think Stuart Robertson should really take, look at yourself in the mirror and say, "Did I did I do good there?" Because not only was it a, a wage for Rangers, it, it was a, a, a good payday for Rangers. It let so many fans down, and I mean. They would have loved to go. Go. I mean, some of them were going, travelling to, to Seville to watch a game in a stadium, and yet the the the, the supporters here in Glasgow couldn't even get to Ibrox to watch it. Absolutely, absolutely shocking. But the the supporters have been great all season, and we've got one of the best supports in the world. That's 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 for sure. I really, really mean that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah, I agree. I think it was it was poor from the club. I think there definitely should have been something for for the fans that couldn't go to Seville. See, see just on that, Mason. Obviously, um, as I mentioned earlier, I'd met up with you, Colin, your brother, and your dad, and that main square was absolutely rammed. And I never seen any hint of trouble at all. Um, never seen any hint of trouble before the game. Um, before I had met you. Um, I was about maybe 20 minutes away and we were in the park and it was pretty much 50-50 Rangers and Frankfurt fans. And I think because both teams, the fans of both team, uh, teams genuinely thought it was a 50-50 game, we actually stood for about two hours. We were just chatting about football and I have to take my uh, hat off to the Frankfurt fans as well. They were proper football fans, the ones I met anyway. Um, and, you know, they were saying the same about Rangers. They were, they were pretty much, you know, Frankfurt can't win it. But, you know, we're glad that it would be a proper club eh, like Rangers that would win it. And even after the game, it was just a case of we got out of the stadium and it was head back through Seville, eh, people to get lifts, buses, eh, hotels, whatever. And again, it was eh, a mix of Frankfurt fans, Rangers fans, and never seen any hint of bother the whole night. So um, just sort of hats off to everybody that was there. And eh, that includes the Frankfurt fans because I thought it was a great atmosphere. Yeah, no, every German that, that we come across with was, was top draw. Uh, we had to walk past 
thousands of them right by their fan zone. Me, my dad and my brother were. And every single one of them, you know, fist, fist, in the end, you're fist pumping everyone. It was a bit of a nightmare, but just total respect. So, um, you know, fair play. They, you know, they could have rubbed it in, but they were, they were really respectful. Um, Two of them even came on this podcast last week, so fair fucks to them. Yeah, yeah, no, honestly, every single one of them were, they, they brought the atmosphere as well, and they were, you know, good as gold, so, um, you know, respect, respect to them, definitely. Um, but to try and lift the mood a little bit, uh, Colin, we'll, we'll come to, to Saturday, uh, another uh, final, but this time we, we managed to get over the line in, in extra time. Um, first of all, everyone's been speaking, I, I was the nerves going into extra time, because uh, I was absolutely drained. Um, and again, what, what was your sort of thoughts on, on the whole performance uh, Saturday? I I didn't have enough energy to be nervous on Saturday. I was still drained getting, getting back to Glasgow. Um, but, you know, see, going into, before I talk about the, the players' performance, fair play to the fans' performance because we all felt down in the dumps. We all still do feel down in the dumps about Seville. The fans really raised it at Hamden on Saturday. And I'm so glad because I think I speak for most people. Well, last week will be a disappointment, and that's it. Feels like a real that was your chance to really it, it was a better chance than we ever had in Manchester. Everybody's still so proud of this team, and I, I think that's that's why the that's why Hamden was bouncing at the Rangers end on on Saturday, and it's exactly what that team deserved that kind of backing. And um, I, I don't think the first half was great on Saturday, and that that. That was to be expected. Um, Hearts were probably playing to that game, wanting a scrappy game, and Rangers understandably had to lift themselves. But I thought as the game got on, it was um, you could see Rangers were going to be the winners. Um, I, I thought when when it did go to extra time, I did have that slight doubt that oh, maybe this is going to happen again. But I was taking comfort the fact that Hearts were playing for extra time. I was like, they don't feel confident. They're trying, they're trying to make us go the distance. And then extra time was just Rangers thought, right, no, it's time to start playing. And we were just comfortable for start to finish. That's the thing. How many times in the last month have we heard our Rangers will tire an extra time? They'll tire. Um, and we just, we just, I don't know where these players. That, I mean, the sports scientists and the, the fitness people need so much credit. I don't know if they was previous from when Gerald was there, or you know, Gio's brought someone in. It's just been incredible. But once it went extra time, to be honest, I thought, no, we, we're going to score here because we missed a few really good chances just before uh, the ninety, and um, I just felt like we were just starting to up the ante. It's um, not just the uh, sorry, not just the uh, sports scientists. They then the the fitness regime. That's a massive part to play. But I think we need to talk about this team's character, the aggression, the determination that they will they won't be outfought. They won't be outran. Um, I can't commend Rangers enough um, for for doing that. Not just on Saturday, but as Steve said, it feels like every game in the last two months has went 120 minutes, and that's um, that's as much as mental strength as it is physical. No, definitely. I think you make a really good point there as well, saying how proud you are of this team and they deserve to finish on a trophy because, you know, all right, we can we can look through the, the league and, you know, we've come up short, but the performances in Europe and the teams we've beat and the finance, even Frankfurt, financially, what they spent on their team compared to ours. And as I've said already, they, we took them all away. And then to go, you know, Saturday again and win the cup. Steve, what, what did you make of, of the performance? And, and, and I'll come to it, the Ryan Jacks screamer because um, it was an absolute screamer and it, I think it needed that to beat Craig Gordon because he had some game 
Yeah, uh, so just going for the sort of start of the game, I expected Hearts to come proper out the traps and go us, put us under pressure, you know, pretty much for the start, just to see if there was a, a bit of weakness there for the team. Um, more so, you know, like sort of getting over the disappointment of Wednesday. The first half, I thought, was a bit of a nothing game. I didn't think either team played well. I thought from the, the second half, we totally dominated. Um, even when Hearts got their... They got a corner like a minute from the end or something. In the back of my head, I was kind of going back to Ibrox earlier in the season when they, you know, they come up and scored a corner in the last minute to to nick a point. But you know, even when that ball came in, McLaughlin dealt with it great. And then there was only really one team in it an extra time. Um, I have to say, just coming up to the end of the ninety minutes on Saturday, I was like, I cannot go through this again. I think if it, oh, I'm not, I'm not sure if there'd been another six league games left, I might have left after ninety minutes. I think uh, it was just a bit in tears. Um, but no, the the players totally deserved it. You know, for what they've put into this season, if they walked away empty-handed, it it, it wouldn't have been. Um, wouldn't have been deserving of their efforts. Um, you know, you go back to when we're talking about the extra times that we've played, the, the extra time against Celtic, you know, they, they'd basically had a free week. Uh, we'd come off the back of a European game and that was their, it looked like they were going to win the league at that point. That was their chance. If they won that game, they were basically going to a treble and our players dug deep after going a goal down. So um, I find it laughable that, that this team's character has been questioned at times. Um, I mean, like as in game character, how, how to deal with crowds and things. Um, I do think there was a, a part of the middle of the season where we were throwing away, you know, getting silly draws when we should have been winning games, and I think that's ultimately what's cost us the league. Um, but yeah, hats off to the fans on Saturday as well. Thought they were absolutely tremendous, and it was great to see the players celebrating with the fans just before they head off on their holidays. They, yeah, they definitely deserved it. Um, I, I heard a lot of fans were still arriving um, back at, at Glasgow Airport um, and then was going straight to the game. So it just shows, you know, drained from that journey for, for a couple of days and then straight to Hamden to, to, to follow the team. It's just, you know, no, no other club like it, really. Um, Davey P, what, what was your thoughts on the on, on the Saturday and, um, you know, touch on, touch on both goals as well? Yeah, well, as Steve says, I think the first half was pretty much uh, a draw. In terms, but I think Hearts had obviously did weeks to prepare for this. You know, all their league matches were all focused in the Scottish Cup. They had a free week, you know, all, all run up to it. They must have been clapping their hands when Rangers went to 120 minutes and penalty kicks on the Wednesday night. We've then got the travel back from Seville, got the Jimmy Bell to say bye bye to on, on the Friday, and then it's Hamden on the Saturday. This would they would never have a better chance because they have never beaten us at Hamden. Hearts have never beaten Rangers at Hamden. So we just, you know, the, the, that effort of that team on Saturday was, uh, I was never been as proud, I think, because they, they, they put so much, they stepped up to the plate uh, and it, there's been a change in, in this team this season. And I would I would pin it down to the 3-0 the defeat at Parkhead, where I think the team that night looked devoid of confidence, you know, we're kind of caught in the headlights, but something has changed. I don't know whether we the, the the psychologist in or whatever. See, since then, we we just seem to believe more. We just seem to know that this is in our own destiny. It's what we do that's important. And you can the European run. You know the number of times we were uh, staring down the barrel and we dug it out. 
Braga, you know, beating Dortmund, first of all, to have the, the belief to do that all the way through. And that was just uh, brought to a head on Saturday. Absolutely fantastic. When I was confident, you know, from the end of the second half, and then went in extra time, and uh, I think there was only going to be one winner from then. As soon as the drying jack blasted that off the underside of the bar, I was uh, I was out the seat. I, I, I didn't have a ticket for the game on Saturday. I was next door screaming like a madman. Uh, the second goal was I was off my seat, you know, for the for right for uh, Ryan Kent collecting the ball and up up and getting closer and closer to the TV screen. And then when obviously when Scott Wright popped it in, man, the, I think the fucking whole Estonia burn heard me, but that because I knew then we had won it and uh, that I was absolutely delighted. More delighted than I thought it would be because I think as Colin said at the start of the game, you're saying, "Christ, here we go!" But, but see, by the end, absolutely punching the air, screaming like a madman. Good to be a Rangers fan. Yeah, 13, 13 long years. Um, but I agree, I agree, David P. When they said, uh, "You know, Rangers at, uh, Hearts have never beat Rangers at hand," and you go, "Oh, here we go!" You know, straight away, it's you could just see it, couldn't you? I think they got a corner right in the ninety-first minute. I thought, "Oh, they're gonna," do you know what I mean? But fair play to the players. Uh, Davy Davy Tomlinson, I think I think Van Bronckhorst again deserves a lot of credit. Um, he made a change to bring Jack and Kamara on just before extra time, and at the time I said, "Well, there's not a goal for it." Ten minutes later, Jack pops in the goal, so I think Gio got his uh, team and sub spot on again. Yeah, he's been he's been pretty good at that all season, hasn't he? The I mean, I think the unfortunate thing is is when Giovanni came in. He, he took that sort of a negative role of trying to shut the back door. We're, we're, we're going to stop losing goals. And then he put Tav. He, he, he took Tav's strongest weapon away, his attack, and made him defend. And I think mm-hmm. that's that, that, that period, we, we just, I mean, we went from seven points in front until, what was it, three at the time behind. And I think it's just, uh, I mean, I, I, I definitely think it was a changeover that, that, that caused us to lose the league this year. I think if Giovanni had the whole season, we would have we would have walked the league. Um, but um, yeah, but he seems to be good at, at getting subs, substitutes right, and even his tactics. He seems to be very good at tactician as well. So no, he's. I mean, I don't think he's in any danger for next year. That's that's for sure. I think he'll be. He'll be manager for years to come if he if he keeps this up, especially if we, if we have runs in Europe. I mean, from what I've I've, I've read in the in, in the papers, we've actually made more money this year than Celtic would have made in the the will make in the Champions League next year if they get put out in the knockout stages. So that that'll be a a good good fill of the books anyway. Get to get some money back in. Although, yeah, for the, for us fans, the, the the money is not really the important thing. It's uh, it's the winning and the the good football, because we have seen some good football. No, definitely. I think he's he's learned as uh, David P mentioned earlier. You know, the, the defeat at Parkhead. Um, I think he was always going to have that bedding period period in in the in the league because every manager does. Gerard had it. Um, obviously, their manager had it start of the season. So I agree. I think if he'd have been there from the start, and we'd have had a little bit of a a sticky run, he, he would have turned it around and he's, he's shown real character because there was one point, you know, that old firm uh, semi-final, he, he had to win that and, uh, we, you know, we come through it in flying colours. So hopefully, you know, he's the man for the rebuild and, and, and you know, we, we can go and win a lot next season. Um, Colin, on um, 
one we've got to talk about him, Calvin Bassey, two cup finals, two different positions. Everyone's talking about him. And obviously living down here in England, um, you know, it's not so much talk about us, but everyone's talking. I've got, you know, Arsenal mates, Tottenham mates, Chelsea mates. They're all talking about Calvin Bassey and said, where did you get him and how much do you want for him? I've got a confession to make. So before you jo- you boys joined the pod, um, <laughs> you remember when the the whole saga with Bassey, Patterson, Zungu, all got caught, apparently breaching the COVID bubble. So before you boys came on the pod, I came on here and sat like a greeting face wee lassie saying, it's not good enough. <laughs> the first team players now should be expecting better. Jones and Edmondson were put at the door. Get them a fuck. Calvin, I'm sorry. I love you. <laughs> That's, um, I've, you know, that, the recordings are there. Um, <laughs> if MD, I don't know if MD listens live, never mind goes back a year ago in the archives, but they're there if MD wants to listen and I've made an arse of myself. And it's it's bizarre. Like You, you see players improve year in year, but he improves minute by minute. Honestly, it's, I'm not exaggerating. You can just see him doing things at the end of the game. He, he wouldn't have been able to do it at the start of the game. Like, that fucking... Um, that, that wee Cruyff turn he did past three players um, in extra time. Like, that's... He's just learning day by day, week by week. And um, he's... I really hope he, he does stay for another season. But if he does, he's not got to be here for long with the way he... Like, he's already got natural ability He's built like the fucking side of a shed and he's just got so much potential which doesn't seem to stop. Um, the, the, the sky really is the limit for this guy. It's frightening. You know, what I actually thought was the most impressive thing in the last two games was remember in the Europa League final that he fell ass over Tit and the guy took the ball off him and he, and he bombed the way down the right. He had time to get back up and fucking caught the guy up and and managed to basically block his shot. It was like he was sitting on the deck when the guy got the ball, so he was I was just just sitting in total astonishment that he managed to get back. I actually thought the keeper must have saved it. Um and then seeing the flesh obviously I've been seeing him in the flesh at Ibrox, but I never had the ticket for the Europa League final, but seeing the flesh on Saturday and he just looked impossible to get past. I don't know if the Hearts players got like sort of disillusioned or whatever, but it actually looked like it would be impossible to get past them. Um, and he's just went from strength to strength. I, I've, I don't think I've ever seen such improvement from one player in the space of, what, six months has he been in the team? Something like that. Just unbelievable. Um, and just a, a bit of a question, Mason, what... You were saying, like, your mates at Support of England teams were saying, how much do you want from What sort of figures are they talking about? Because I always find in Scotland that Rangers fans will say 50 million, whatever, 30 million, you know, blah, blah. And certainly fans will say, no, his rubbish is worth 5 million or whatever. So it'd be quite interesting to see, you know, a point of view of fans from teams that would potentially be interested in them. Look, to be honest, you get some decent ones that, you know, say, oh, you know, he's, he's just played in the European final and see it sensibly and say, look, we'll give you, you know, with 25, 30 million, we should spend it. But you also get the ones that don't rate Scottish football much and say, well, we shouldn't spend over 15 million because they play in Scotland. So it's, it's difficult to get that sort of gauge. You know, you rather get frustrated or you say, all right, if someone comes in for 30 million. But for me, um, on the press, Kieran Tierney, obviously, at Arsenal, good, very good player, but always injured. 
you know, he's, I think he's played 50% of the game since he's been at Arsenal. He went for 25 million and he was, I think he was the same age as, as Bassi. All right, he played in the Champions League, Tierney, but we've seen Bassi come into a team, play two positions. You know, he's quicker, stronger. Um, and the two performances in three days, extra time as well, he's only going to get better and better with the right coaching. So I think if someone, I honestly think if we, do, we cannot accept anything less than 25 million because we'd be doing us a disservice. And people argue back that Tieran Tierney was a, the exception to the rule, but look at Nathan Patterson. Nathan Patterson only played, what, 12 games for Rangers that season and we sold him for £16 million. Calvin Bass in the last six months shown a lot more talent than Nathan Patterson ever did and I was a big, big fan of Nathan Patterson. Couple that in with his size, his age. He's now just played in a, two cup finals and one of the most prestigious games in the world, um, the Europa League final. Add that in to the fact that for an English club, he could be seen as a homegrown player. Um, it's, so I think if Nathan Parsons 16 million, then you add at least 10 on that for Calvin Bassey as well. So Tierney Tierney is not the, not the only comparison we've got. Well, I think the, the best <coughs> measure of Bassey has been the fact that, you know, the English will say, you know, he plays in Scotland, you know, and it's shite there. So therefore, you know, there's, there's no real measure. But Calvin, the Calvinator has just been named in. Europa League's team of the tournament. So, out of the look at the thirty-two teams who competed, you know, from from that tournament, and then pick the best eleven players, and Calvin Bassi's in there. So, I mean, this is absolute top dollar. His run towards the end of the game, when he overtook the the Hearts player to leather it off his legs and win a throw-in, was just insane. Because this guy's now played 120 minutes, you know, in the space of four days, and and at the end of the 120 minutes on Saturday, he's chasing the ball to win his possession, and probably you know a meaningless part of the the pitch at, at that time. We're two now up. There's minutes to go, and Calvin's chasing the ball down to win it for us. I mean, <clears throat> I was on my feet applauding that moment. To be honest, it was uh, <clears throat> superb. I, I think you can. Name any price you want for Calvin Bassey. I, I'm hoping that he'll stay another year because I think that, that he is absolutely top-notch. If we can hang on to that boy. I mean, and if he has to go, I, I would be uh, I would be unhappy with less than 25, 30 million quid. Calvin Bassey is top draw. The $10 million question is left-back or centre-half? For me, I would prefer him at left-back because I think he's just great at left-back. And I don't think, I don't think he's a. I think he is a left back. He's a probably a, a twenty-five to fifty million player. But I'm not quite sure at centre half that he's at because he's quite a lot of weaknesses at centre half. He's positioning. He's uh, heading of the ball. Um, for the the goal in uh, Seville, he came in a bit late as well. He, he it was his guy that that scored the goal. I don't, don't think you can blame him right enough because there was two players. Tav never made a very good effort and uh, Goldson never made a very good effort to get into a position to stop it. But um, for me, his, his biggest asset is as a left back. That's where I would be, be putting him. Yeah, I agree. And it's mad to think that November time, I think we played away at Sparta Prague and he, he had an absolute nightmare at centre-half to putting in a performance like that in the Europa League final. Just goes to show how much development Bassi's got. You know, I think one of the coaches, uh, one of Gerard's coaches said, you only have to tell him something once and he, and he takes it on. So, 
yeah, I think we've all said it, but 30, if, you, if you listen to this and you're an English club, 30 million, he ain't going less than that. Um, Colin, um, I'll come around to, to sort of everyone, but I'll start with you. I think this is a one a bit of a debate with the supporters at the minute. Um, would you call this season a, a, a success or not? Easy for me to say. Uh, with just the Scottish Cup. Um, this season's going to be a lot kinder to Rangers as the years go on. Um, right, right now, my, my gut feelings no, and I do want to end the season in a high. Uh, sorry, listeners, um, but right now it's Scottish Cup is it did it did feel like a bit of a consolation, um, especially after after what what could have been running the lead so close and been so close with the Europa League. I don't think we can call it success. It's it's weird. While it's no successful season, it's still going to be it's still going to have that nostalgic magic uh, when we look back at it. Because it has been it, it's been a, a wonderful journey. It really is. I can't take it away from it. And because it's no been a fully successful season, Disney doesn't take away the effort and the, the 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 effort the players have had and the pride they should have in themselves uh, almost getting there but I don't think for me it's it's not it's just under it's a ball here away but it's the fine margins of football isn't it Steve what's your thoughts on that success or not for me 100% success um, and I say that because if we had qualified for the group stages of the Champions League and got the 35 30 million whatever we would have been happy we've made that same amount of money, granted it was the Europa League um, but the best ever Rangers game of have was Leipzig in the semi-final at Ibrox so there's another box ticked, I was there with my son, had an absolutely tremendous night um, and yeah, European final so I, I don't see I would swap that for a Scottish League title um, because there'll be hopefully plenty more Scottish League titles to come but I doubt there'll be uh, plenty more Europa League or European finals, to be honest. So, yeah, 100% success for me. Davey Pete, same question to you. Same as Steve. Absolutely fantastic. And all the way to the final, the teams that we played, the way that we played, you know, the team coming together the way they did, you know, from Dortmund all the way through that, it's just been a joy to watch, joy to be a part of it. Being at Ibrox for those nights, Absolutely fantastic. It would have been amazeballs, of course, you know, had we uh, saw out the league uh, and, and we've now won the cup uh, and, and if we'd have finished it last Wednesday, we came within a, a you know, a whisker of winning a European trophy. Uh, no one would have been complaining had we won that trophy. It was uh, it was amazing. So, and I think that they just did the way that that team bonded towards the end, you know, maybe from March onwards, when they were all in it together, uh, I, I, it was impressive to see as a Rangers team because I've seen Rangers teams where that, that were, that's not been the case. And I think they, they are a unit. They, that, the squad at the moment, obviously, it's now just going to be broken up. But that squad were an absolute unit. You know, Goldson, I think we will miss Goldson and, and the part that he plays in that squad. Uh, I just hope that we can, uh, if we, I mean, I'm hoping that, and we'll come on to it, you know, about additions to the squad for next season. Uh, it's going to be important to fill those boots. Absolute uh, unqualified success. And, and lastly, David Tomlinson, same same question. Would you call this season a, a success? 
yeah, well, you know, I'm always in the sort of a dull side of things. So, um, no, my personal view is you always remember the bride, you never remember the bridesmaid. And I've got quite a feeling that, uh, and, and when you're 10 years further down the line and you look at the, 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 the schedules that we've played, the, the, the trophies that we've won, then you're only going to have the Scottish Cup and everybody will have forgotten about the league this, this year and everybody will have forgotten about the, the, the Cup run, Europa League run. So I'm afraid the Scottish Cup is, is a, a good season ender, but I'm afraid it's only that. I think if we don't win the league or the UEFA Cup would have been greater, not the UEFA Cup, the, the league, uh, UEFA League, I think uh, it would have been a definite success. I think it's been a success for the fact that we brought in quite a good manager, which I, who I didn't really want. So I'm I'm the same as Colin with with I didn't like the manager at the time. So I'll I'll, I'll say sorry to Giovanni because I think he's done great. Um, but no, I did, for me it's, uh, it's 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 not really a, a success. It's uh, yeah. It would have been our success, so 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 brilliant to win that UEFA league or the or the the Scottish league. I think. Sorry, can I just? Maybe, I'm not going to change my answer because I, I I'm right and say I, I do. I'm sticking with right now. It doesn't feel like a success, but I think Davies had a good point there about Gio coming in. It really depends on next season because if if you look at no, no one looks at Manchester the 2008. <laughs> We don't look at that team as just that one-off team. We look at it as a start of Walters, the three-in-a-row run. The three-in-a-row run started with the season before where we won two domestic cups and go to Manchester. So if this does really catch us on to bigger and better things, I think, um, I know you guys are already seeing it as a success, but I'll absolutely cement that. Um, if we go in a, to win next year's league, the year after, start competing in Europe or continue to compete in Europe. I think uh, Davies had a really good point. But Mason, I think you've got to decide and vote, mate. <laughs> I've got to call it a, a success, to be honest, um, because all right, we, you know, we are built on winning trophies and we've only won one, so straight away I'm sort of coming against it. But the nights that we've had in Europe, um, let's not forget, you know, the, this, this tournament and the Champions League is the same, are made for the top five leagues. They're made for them. They're not made for, for, for countries like ours and... You know, in the end, we had three players getting that team in a season. And if you looked around the rest of the team, the money that they go for compared to what we paid them and what our players would go for, I can't. That day we had in Seville, I can't call that anything but a success to to, to see that. So I, I know we lost and we, we lost on penalties, but um, what what you know, the European run has been unbelievable. And and I agree, Colin. And let's hope you know Walter Smith's team went and won the the league back to back without really any signings, to be honest. But um, you know this team can go and achieve anything they want, and I've got you know real faith in Geo next season. So uh, maybe we'll come back. We'll come back to this next next season um, and see where we go from here. But but Colin, sort of stand with you and, and sort of you know last point tonight. You know we've got the summer. Uh, we've got some big changes um, player wise. I think a lot of players will go, and I, I think a lot of players will will come in. Um, you know I know it's really hard to answer, but what. Type, you know, is there any names that you'd like to see us go for, or um, what what type of player would you like to see uh, Geo bring in this summer? I think I actually might have mentioned to one of you, you two in Seville, um, say 
when we've talked about the Frankfurt team. In fact, sorry, it was um, um, I made pals on the flight from Menorca to Barcelona. Um, a couple of boys, Fadem Fries, um, shout out to Tiro, so saying he was n- naming all these Frankfurt players, and I was like, I don't fucking have a clue about any of them because I, I don't really watch much football other than Rangers, so I'm the worst person to ask. This is why I'm usually the host. But um, no, I, I think John Suter, for what we've seen, um, for what we've seen, he's got to be a really good uh, signing. But it's that Rangers caveat that's been um, that's been attached to the club as long as fucking uh, the song "Fall Fall." If he stays fit, um, that should be an important one. I think with it looking like goals and going, we need a centre half who can guarantee at least forty-five games next season. I'm a massive fan of Golson. I can get why some people aren't a fan. Um, it's that's a different debate. What you can argue is having having somebody centre half in front of a goalkeeper playing that level of games, see the amount of steadiness and consistency that brings, and just building up a relationship with the defenders either side of you, that's invaluable. So right now I'm looking at Suter, Hollander, Balogun. I don't see any of them being able to play 45 games at centre-half. So that's a big question mark for me. Um, I know there's probably some other areas, but I like to start from the back, so that's a, that's a priority for me. And I, I don't know who. Yeah, no, look, I think Golson's had his critics uh, at times, rightly so, but someone that's fit to play, you know, the amount of football that he has, and he's always been the rock. It's always been someone next to him, and as you said, you know, there's rumours today that, that Balogun could get a, a, another a year, and as much as I like Balogun when he's fit, he can't really play two games a week, and you've got Helander with his injury problems, John Suter, who I think is a really good signing for nothing, but... Again, he's got injury problems, so that centre-half position is is m- so important for Gio if Goldson doesn't sign him. Yeah. And just on the, the centre-half, I know Davies said earlier, he doesn't see him, he sees him more as a left-back, uh, Calvin Bassey, and I do see him as a left-back, but I think if two or three years further into his development, he's, he's maybe the answer we're looking for, but it's just unfortunate that we've got him at this stage of his career, and two three years' time he's got to be playing in I don't know, he's going to be playing Champions League finals for Real Madrid, I'm afraid, and not for Rangers. Yeah, no, that's that's the case. And he's left-footed as well, so we need someone the other side. Um, Steve, what's your sort of um, thoughts on the transfer window? Are you looking forward to it? You know, Again, is there anyone you'd like to see us bring in? Um, where I think we need to improve the team is uh, more goals from attacking areas. Um whether that's left wing, right wing, attacking midfield or whatever, I think that's what probably caused us to drop a bit, fall a bit short in the league this year. Ryan Kent, um, first of all, I think he's an absolute magic player. Um, but I cannot believe somebody that's that, 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 that is that good at football cannot hit a shot on target from outside the box. I think his, his finishing absolutely baffles me for somebody that's such a good footballer. Um, so I think we need to add... Um, sort of numbers from sort of right and left wing. See, just going back to Goldson there, it just popped into my head when Colin was sort of uh, praising him about the amount of games he played. You probably also find that he needs to take a lot of credit for the for the improvement in Bassey because he he's been like the he's been the constant in the defence and it's always been Bassey and Goldson. So he's probably talked him through a lot of games when you're at games at Ibrox and that you see. 
how much Goldson, you know, he is pretty vocal. Um, I still have to, I would like to ask him, if I had three questions through him, the first one would be, why the fuck did you not kick that ball away in the Europa League final for literally roll past the end of your foot but apart from that I think he's been uh, I think he's been a pretty good signing for two million quid and he goes with my uh, best wishes but um, I think it would be hard if we you know for a new signing to come into Rangers and take over the Goldson position of playing 50-60 games whilst also sort of marshalling uh, Bassey and helping Bassey with his uh, development. I think that's going to be a really, really hard, hard thing to fill. And I think if you're going to do it, you'd be looking at spending a lot of money. So, yeah, I felt like I've just kind of waffled a bit there, but I really want to go away and think about nothing to do with Rangers for at least two or three weeks. I'm absolutely drained after the end of this season, to be honest. Yeah, uh, that's the same, mate. I mean, sleep's just starting to go back to normal, to be honest. So, uh, you know, we're, we're all feeling it. But, um, yeah, David P. Steve makes a really good point there on Goldson, um, you know, and as well about Ryan Kent. And, and I think Ryan Kent, I'd, I would really want him to sign another contract, but I think he needs help with it on the right hand side um, for numbers. I think that's what's killed us this season. In the end, is is is, is numbers in in the final third. We didn't have enough people um, contributing to that. Um, going into the summer, uh, what 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 else do you think we need? My list from my list, I've got two central defenders. A right winger, an attacking 10 plus goals a season, attacking midfielder, and we need a striker. And Steve made a good point about Connor Goldson. The, the names, when I watched the, the highlights after the last Wednesday's game, and I'm thinking, you know, it came through Scott Wright's legs and then it rolled past his foot. And I'm saying, why the fuck did you not kick the ball? Because before it gets to the, the Frankfurt player, it's we. Jesus Christ, conspired against us. But in terms of the, the, the outs, I've got my short list is Arebo, Hollander, who's made a chocolate, and Balligan. So, and I've also got a, a wee question mark against Kent because Kent's contribution in terms of goals this season has been a three, four. It's, yeah, it's, it's a handful at best. So I think the I would be hoping that the Rangers board actually push the boat out for Geo in terms of a transfer budget. And I'm thinking 20, 25 million quid. I mean, if, and if Bassey goes and we get the money that we should get for him, then the budget becomes 40, 45 million. And I'm hoping that Geo will be uh, contacting, you know, his network of friends throughout Europe and having identify, you know, suitable replacement for the Rangers squad. And obviously, he'll, he'll know what he's looking for. And his, and his goals and his demonstrated his, his, his ability, but it's also attitude. And and if he's a good fit for the squad, we bring him in. We, we And you can see the benefit of when you have a squad who are absolutely in it together, what that brings to the pitch. You know, in, in terms of, you know, technical ability, maybe that's 90% of it. But the, the other 10% in terms of attitude is absolutely crucial. I'm hoping that we do keep Morelis. Although, I mean, I, I do have, I'm going to swither on this one because Alface sometimes gives me the impression that he's not really in it as much as all the other guys are. You know, he seems to be, and you saw, and, and I'm, maybe I'm reading far too much into this, but when they're, they're on the pitch on Saturday and celebrating, and, and 
Alfie just seems to be kind of on the sideline of it. He's not in the midst of it where he should be. He's an absolutely crucial player. And I think, as uh, one of you mentioned earlier, I think if we'd have Alfredo Morelos on that pitch last Wednesday, we'd have won the bloody thing. That's how important he is, a good player. But if, if Alfie's... Uh, it's up to Gio, because Gio will see what he's bringing to the squad. He's got a lot of big decisions to make, but I think Gio is the man, because the turnaround in, in the squad, you know, from arriving last November... We went through the wee sticky patch. We lost, you know, we, we had the, the draws, Motherwell, Aberdeen, all that shite. Turned over at Parkhead. But then when we get them at Hamden, days after having gone the, 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 the full distance at Ibrox, we beat them in extra time. That was a key moment for us. I think you said that earlier, Mason. So, that, but the building of that squad, I'm, I'm hoping that the, the board will get Gio at the table. Here's the budget, Gio. Go do it. Where you said you had a list there, I thought you were going to give me a list of uh, players' names. I was thinking, he's going to be the next no, uh, head scout. I could name probably 20 players that I would like to see at Ibrox. As to whether that's going to happen or not, so I'll leave that to Ross Wilson and Gio to identify uh, suitable parts for the squad. Because uh, if, if it was me, Jesus, I think we would, we would have a busload of the Liverpool team. So, <laughs> well, well, I'll give you one. I'll give you one that's doing the rounds at the minute. Billy Gilmore. If we could get yeah. him on loan next season, is, is that what do you reckon? No brainer or not for you? Not for me. <clears throat> no. Not for me. Uh, because what 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 we're we getting from Billy Gilmer, we'll get we'll get Lowry there. So is he going to compete with Lowry? No, it's uh, go with. I, I, I don't see the benefit of uh, give Steve Davis another year's contract, and that would just replace the the, the loan deal that you would give Billy Gilmer. So I would be looking for a bigger bang for our bucks. Because we would have to pay that boy top dollar. So if we're going to pay someone twenty five, thirty thousand pounds a week, let's get a centre forward, let's get a right winger, you know, someone who's going to add a bit more value to the squad. We've just been stung with, you know, Ramsey and, and Diallo, and I don't know what the, the financial arrangements were for those two. But you know, from them coming in at the end of January, what did we what did we actually get from them? So nothing. That says <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, but I don't think Gilmer plays in the same position uh, as uh, Lowry. Yeah. Lowry, yeah. So Lowry's more attacking, and Gilmer's more sort of a playing in front of the back, uh, the back four. So I think it's we'll a Charlie. different player. Then we'll play Charlie Can. So yeah, well, that, that, that's another option. But I, I don't know how far he is in his development yet. But um, obviously Gilmer's in front uh, of in his development. So, I mean, it probably helped McCann even to bring Gilmer in uh, and let him play. I obviously haven't seen him playing since he went to Norwich. Um, but uh, he didn't seem to get a game down there. But I think that the, the, the one thing is the goalkeeper, McLaughlin, it's great to see somebody coming for a cross. He really, really pulled a couple out the air that I thought, if that was McGregor, the, the Hearts player would have been getting a header at it. Particularly the one as, as we mentioned, you know, the one at the corner at the end of the game, when the, the Hearts fans all did that wee twirly thing, you know, when they were getting a wee bit excited, yeah. And John McLaughlin just goes and plucks it out the air, you know, but a, a pin in that balloon. Yeah, I think that's a, so. Whether we need it, I mean, I know there's talking talks about another keeper coming in, one from from Germany, I believe, was from um, I can't remember the team now that he was playing for, but uh, they, they were talking about bringing one in from there and. There was one down in England that they were talking about bringing in. 
But um, yeah, is McLaughlin number one, or will he be the the, the second keeper for next year? That's a, that's another big question. I think Tav's definitely going to stay, and I'm going to fall out with Colin. But I, I hope Hellander goes because I've never thought he was very good. So fuck him, he's. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, Hollander. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I hope I'll be going. Not apart from he's made of chocolate. He's he's, he's, he's as slow as the other brown stuff going through a going through a colander. Um, so I uh, know he's not my favourite. So I hope he goes. Balogun, I think he could play a, a, a certainly a secondary role, just coming on now and again. I don't think he'll have a a, a starting place next year. Um. Uh, no, the rest. Kent, I agree. Three goals is uh, three or four goals is absolutely terrible for a year. And uh, if you look at the, the the Celtic wingers, they're 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 helping in goals all the time, and uh, and scoring goals. So I mean that's probably been the difference in winning the league that we've not had a winger that that, that that's got a decent goal tally. So that's a, that's another one. Uh yeah, bringing in I don't I don't really know. I think Giovanni will know a lot of Dutch players. There's obviously a lot of good Dutch players uh, playing in the lower teams that that are looking for a way up. Uh, so I, I'm I'm hoping that he's uh, he's got a, a a good knowledge of that. And also in Germany, I think Gio will have a good. Uh, knowledge of his players in Germany as well, so that's another area we could be looking at. So anyway, I'll, I'll put over to to you now again. No, yeah, well, I was going to come to you, so uh, no, it's good you mentioned there, McLaughlin. Uh, Sam Johnson's been linked at West Brom as well. I think that'd be a, a decent signing on a free, but um, you know, who knows? Joe's the man, any Steve? I know you wanted to come in there. Yeah, um, I think it's another. I was thinking about this today, but somebody just uh, reminded me. I think it's extremely important that we give Lowry and King a good chance in the squad next year. Um, because I was reading today online that, um, oh, I, for, I forget his name, uh, the young striker, he looks like he's got Aston Villa. Um, and a lot of fans sort of criticising him, saying, you know, you've not even made it at Rangers um, and, and you're away down in England. But we need to show these young boys that there's a place in the first team squad for them. Otherwise, we can't complain that they get to 17 and then go to England. Because if you're going to sit in the reserves, you might as well go down to England and double your money and sit in the reserves. So from what I've seen of Alex Lowry, and I don't mean to put like pressure on the lad, but he's just got something, the way he sort of takes the ball and his first, you know, his first thought is to go forward. Um, I think he, if, if he doesn't play 15, 20 games next year... Um, I think I think that'll be a mistake on Rangers' part. So I do. Um, same kind of goes with King. You know, we're talking about bringing other centre backs in. Um, I'm, I'm not saying that he's got to replace Goldson, and we probably do need a centre half that's got to play a lot of games. But King should be your fourth choice centre back. You know, if if you're going to bring a another guy in and, and pay him ten, fifteen grand a week to play ten games when the other centre halves are injured, that is the position in the squad that King should be filling. And that is the only way we're ever going to know if they're good enough. So I think we've got two guys there that are that are ready to take two places in the first team squad next year. And not only that, they need to be playing games, in my opinion. 
I think um, I I don't think there's many Rangers fans that don't want to see these guys get get game time, and I think it's really promising to see how early Gio's introduced them. And I want to throw Cole McKinnon's name in there as well. I've watched him a few times for the B team. He got Player of the Year for the B team, and rightly so, he's been phenomenal this year. Um, the last few years we've been stung with loans coming in to fill up the squad and. I'll not get any of the debate with Diallo or Ramsey should be or shouldn't have, but either way, the loan market hasn't worked for us um, for this season or or under the Gerard reign, even as far back as we look at Zungu and Jaria. Kent's only one that's really worked, um, even Andy King and stuff. This is less of a gamble. Um, Putting these players in, if we need if we need these young boys to come in, and maybe play ten, twelve games. Don't waste the money and don't have a gamble on the loans. Use Lowry, McCann, King, McKinnon, Weston, Adam Devine. There's a litter of talent there, and um, I'm quite confident a lot of them will see game time. Don't get me wrong, some of them will only maybe see two or three games. That's okay because it's, they still need to be good enough to go in. But I think that'll take the That'll free up some money. There were no paying for loan fees, wages. We can actually go and invest in quality transfers. Yeah, I think you make both make really good points there on the youth. And, and, and we're talking about Leon Balogun. Is there much point giving him another year? Why don't we give Leon King that position? Um, so that, that that's you know definitely some good youngsters coming through. Have, yeah, having I, potential on the bench, though. I mean, you look at Calvin Bassey. Calvin Bassey ended up in that team because of Hollander's uh, injury. So he was on. He was very much on the touchline, and it was out of sheer necessity that Bassey ended up in, involved in that team, and and the run of team first team games that Bassey got, and you look how he's come on. So that there should be a wee bit more control in terms of phasing the players in. You know, it shouldn't be out of a desperation. We should be doing it, but there should be some sort of plan in place to get these guys first team football and see how they respond. Some will come on, some will will, will fall by the wayside, and, and it's just then giving them the game time to find that out. One name that, that I would sort of that's, that's not getting been mentioned yet, I don't think, uh, is Barisic. I, I wouldn't be unhappy if Barisic actually left this this year because I don't think he brings that much to the team anymore. And I think um, Bassey's got a lot more to offer. If we get a good centre-half in, get Bassey to left back, then I, I don't see much. I don't know who plays for the in the, the B team for in the, in the left back position, but um, I just don't think Barisic has brought enough this year. And he, he had a good period, but he also had two or three really bad periods where he just wasn't doing anything at all. So that's a, that's another name that I would quite like to see uh, see going. And I think I think there's better backups to to Bassey than uh, than than Barisic will be. Yeah, I think that's a f- totally fair as well. I think it's time maybe for Barisic to, to be moved on. I think last year was close. I think this year, definitely. Um, but no, I think that's the uh, best time to, to, to wrap up. And, uh, you know, we can all go and enjoy enjoy our summers now. Um, just like to quickly thank all our guests, starting with, with Colin. Uh, thanks for coming on, mate. No, thanks again, Mason, um, for having me on, having me in your, your, being your right-hand man tonight. Um Obviously, end of the season, we don't really know what um, we'll, we'll wing it we're putting out over the summer, folks. But I just want to say a massive thanks to everybody who's came on the pod, um, these guys, um, everybody else who's already on their summer holidays, all the guests we've had, and most importantly, 
everybody for listening. Thank you. Steve, thanks for coming on. Um, hopefully get together soon and hopefully having another day in Seville. Yeah, it was uh, great to meet a couple of you in Seville, mate. Um, yeah, I'm just happy it's over, to be honest. I don't want to hear the, the Rangers word for a bit at least a sort of fortnight and then um, get the season tickets paid up, ready to go for start the next season. Have a good summer, everybody. Yeah, Andrew, mate. Davey P, thanks as always. Yeah, it was uh, smashing to speak to you guys. And uh, obviously, there's, uh, I, I, I'm, as I said earlier, I think the season has been a, a success because uh, the Rangers are, are known. There's a lot more people know about Rangers throughout Europe now than there, than there was six months ago. You know, so that for me is important. You know, the profile of the club, obviously, we uh, kind of fell at the last hurdle, but I think that the reputation of Rangers has been, and, and with the fans in Seville, the behaviour of the fans in Seville, I just think we uh, there'll be lots of other fans throughout Europe looking at Rangers and saying, that's a top-notch club. So that, that I, I take a wee bit uh, from that, if nothing else. The Scottish Cup, I mean, I was thinking, you know, as, as we were saying, you know, about winning trophies. I mean, I, in my time, you know, I've been at League Cup finals against Dundee United, League Cup finals against Hibs. Some of these games I can't even remember, and we picked up the trophy at the end of the day. So, and you th- because we were we were churning them out, and obviously we want to get back to that. But I think uh, this season, you know, with a European final, I've only had four in my lifetime, is uh, absolutely fantastic. Finish it off on Saturday was just uh, was brilliant. Went beating hearts. Absolutely delighted on Saturday. But anyway, but you guys have a smashing summer and uh, behave yourselves on holiday. It's my parting shot. Well said, Davey. And Davey Tomlinson, thanks for coming on. Yeah, well, thanks for having me on. I obviously joined the, the group uh, podcast group halfway through the season and really enjoyed it. Was as nervous as anything in the beginning, but uh, I sort of calmed down a wee bit now. Um, one one funny thing that we never t- discussed, uh, I just went to, as, a, as my, as, was... What the hell was Gordon doing with his handball about Jack's goal? What, I, I, I don't know what he thought was a handball, but it's sort of a, maybe it was the hand of God. I don't know. But, but anyway, um, thanks for having me on, and I hope everybody has a, a really good holiday, and we get back in, uh, sometime in July, I think it'll be, about July the 15th or something, around about the end. And uh, we get back to a new season. We are the people. Stole my thunder, just like, uh, <laughs> just like, uh, what was it Craig's Craig's way on Colin the other week? But no, uh, you, you said it, uh, Davey. Uh, but as always, thanks for listening. We are the people.